D-S-N-Y. Back here on Yankees Mets Express with Josh Lee and Kiyoshi, the Yankees Mets podcast, part of uh, Elite Sports NY, uh, Crossing Broad, XL Media, and War with Gaming. And this is the one show where you will get the weekly reminder that no matter how much they win, the Brooklyn Nets will always be a poverty franchise. And now we've started. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> listeners are getting sick of this. Never. I'm sure they are. Hey, you know what? Well, I. I I am not going to stop this until Kevin Durant is in my DMs and I can, and I can, Hey, look, I'm the, I'm the Michael Rapport sequel. Nobody wanted, but but wait a minute. You have to remember Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant has, has two accounts. Are you, he could be, he could be trying to DM you from the burner account. Who knows? Nah, he, nah, he t- Kevin Durant's got way more than two accounts. Jealousy is an ugly look on you guys. Jealousy is a Listen, great look. I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. I kind of doubt the that. The Nets were the ones that that got like stung by the injury bug. Yeah, we but you supposed to make the playoffs. That you'd rather so, have your current roster than Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? And, but at least our roster yeah, is you know, way deeper that. than yours. It's not, you know, a, a fucking glass cannon. So like, no, 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 I know, you're not, I know you're not trying to say the Knicks roster is better than the Nets. I know this. We have a six. I'm saying we have a six man of the year. We had a six man of the year. Uh, really deeper. You did not. So we have three of the greatest players of all time. I'm genuinely confused. Right that now. are fragile. That's that not. That's not the point. Though. And somewhat emotionally and mentally fragile. Yeah, but like the Nets are better than the Knicks. That's kind of what the point of this discussion. Yeah, okay. Better uh, at uh, fragility. Okay, if the Nets fragility, lean, lean, If the Nets are better than the Knicks, how come they the best they could get for the damn halftime show was this idiot TikTok dude with a guitar who does hip hop songs? That's want, not. That has I, nothing to do with anything. I don't want to hear. I, I don't want to hear rap on a guitar. Are you kidding me? No. All right. That, that, so that, let's, that, let's talk about now. the Yankees then, now. Then yeah, again, then again, the then again, it is it is Brooklyn. So yeah, of course we're gonna get rap on a goddamn guitar. Um, what is, Josh, what is I'm sorry, you're, you're starting to lose me. So let's just get, let's just get. All right. all right. Anyway, all right, all right. So yeah, I'm gonna be the point guard. I'm gonna get the ball. All right, all right. So the Yankees, whew, what a what a week they had. They took two out of three from the Royals. Got their asses swept by Fen at Fenway. Got washed by the Angels yesterday after Dylan Bundy puked on the mound. But yesterday, hey, look, double digits. Yeah, dude. Finally. First, first time since like September 2020, I think. Yeah, and it was the first. And it was their first win since last Thursday. Yeah, I mean, like, look, it was like, I think Tyone is still absolutely terrible. Well, Tyone like, is not terrible. Oh God, I'm gonna have to call my call my James. You oh, you do this, Josh. Second. Josh, you do this every week, and like he James. is literally awful. He gives up no fewer than three runs a game. <laughs> Jameson and is getting Tyone worse is, as we move. Is a not pitched in, in almost two years prior to but the like, season. But how and does that got, help us? It doesn't matter. He he's changing his arm slot too. He is learning how to pitch all over. Right, again. but the Yankees right now are in the worst position they've been in literal years, and we don't have time to be giving guys like Jamison Tyone excuses. You you've done this with Aaron Hicks. You've done this with an infinite amount of guys, and it is at the point where even you know that it is pointless. What what is the point of you trying to tell me that Jamison Tyone because is good? Jamison Tyone stuff works in a vacuum. Any pitching coach will tell you that. I will not have this Yankees Twitter he has a five FIP. His FIP is almost a five, dude. The, rat, if you don't oh, want to talk okay. ERA, which is absolute garbage, we can talk FIP. We can go on fan graphs. You're Mr. Analytics, right? I'll give you all the numbers, actually, my guy. Actually, I'm the sad guy. Um, <laughs> guy. You both, and I hate to say this again, you both have a point. Yes, Tyone is approaching garbage, but in a vacuum, and if you look at his stats at home, he's okay. Before, before his start, now obviously we're recording this on Wednesday, June 30th. Yesterday, when he started on the 29th, he, and I can try to pull this shit up right now, I know he gave up at least five. Now, five. normally, any any 
any fan would be upset, right? I was a little bit upset, but I knew that because for once in who knows how many months right now, the Yankees scored double digits, it was okay. Well, it wasn't okay. It was passable. So he didn't he didn't get to the sixth inning, which sucks because he only pitched he only pitched 83, um, 80, he only had 83 pitches. Yeah, he get yes, he gave up four he gave up four runs, walked one, struck out four, and gave up three home runs. And for the record, two of them were to Shohei Otani. It's um it kind of reminds me of when Barry Bonds was on that home run tear back in 2001, I believe, and hit what that. Was it the uh, 73 home run year? Yankee Park. My point is, is that it it's oh it, it it's he's good at home. He wasn't as good as he could have been. At uh, not not, not to mention runs, but we got the win. And at Kiyoshi. this point, I will take the win. Not to I'll mention, not not that I'm trying to take away from from our lovely Statman Kiyoshi's job again, but I also I also just pulled up his fan graphs page. I see Tyone's problems right now. I'm looking at his pitch selection. To me, he's throwing his fastball too much. 54.5% compared to 20.6% of the slider, 19.9% of the curveball, 5% of the changeup. I guarantee you, oh, and not to mention his fastball velocity is down almost a full mile per, mile per hour. compared. It is down a full mile per hour for his career. Mark my words, next season you're going to see Jameson Tyone either get his fastball velocity back because this year is just rust, or if the velocity stays the same, he's going to be throwing that changeup more and he's going to look Way better. Lean's going to eat her words again and wonder why she ever defended Corey Kluber in the first place. And here we are again. This is my problem with people like you and like Whoa, arguments. People no, no, like no. me. <laughs> with, with, with Yankees fans like oh, I you. I thought you meant white Jewish men. Hey, 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 oh, I was only born Jewish. Okay, let's get it right. With, this is my problem with the arguments that Yankees fans like you make. Wow. You, like you guys... Every time, like, someone wants to criticize a really bad player, you guys nitpick and say, but he sucks because of this. I literally, I, as someone who liked the Tyone trade, I, I, still literally, like, I, still do like the I literally could not give less of a crap as to why he is this bad. I could not give less of a crap as to how he could win the Cy Young next season and have a better season than Jacob DeGrom is having right now. And you could not pay me to care because right now my team, the New York Yankees, are look like absolute garbage on fire. I am convinced that like, I'm never going to see them win another ring again. And I literally do not have the luxury or the time to be thinking about why Jameson Tyone is garbage. The fact, you put the, him matter, on the, the fact of the matter is that he's bad. He's that's even what it says here. Tyone still hot garbage, but there's a, but so yes, I'm sorry if you don't want to admit it, Jamison Tyone is not good. Right now, he is not good. He might be good next year. He might have been good once. Right now, he's not good. Okay? You are going to apologize to Jamison Tyone the same way you need to apologize okay. to Jordan Pickford this time next year. Oh, and, my God. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Okay. I want to be able lean, to mute you. And lean for the record. All I'm saying is I'm partially agreeing with you. I'm saying, yeah. I wasn't dogging you, Kiyoshi. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty bad. Yes, yeah. he is. The and also as the clearly the resident optimist here, he's a little bit better at home. That's true. What are his Kiyoshi? What are his home road splits out of curiosity? Uh okay. So uh well he's let me try to find this. I know he is Pretty sure, like all of his wins, all four, all five of them are at. No, he has two wins. He has two wins on the year. I mean, actually, no, are... he's three and one because of because of yesterday. Oh, so that's he's right. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah, so he so he's three and one with a three point five nine ERA at home. He, he's not three and one. Yes, three, he is because uh, at home he's three and one. At home. I thought he was. Oh, at, I'm so sorry. My bad. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Listen. We're all friends here, even though we <laughs> talk to each other. We're all friends here. I wish his record was three and one overall. Anyway, okay. Anyway, away, guess what his ERA gets up to? Mm. It's like close to six, I'd, I'd imagine. 
11.12. Six? Six is like his overall ERA. Are you kidding? Josh, he 5.43 is his overall ERA. Josh, he sucks. Bro. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, we could. All right. I am. That's what I'm trying to tell you. you. Get Both of you guys are right. Yes, he sucks, but he just he just sucks less at home. Okay. Anyway, oh, let's let's move, talk about up. the rest of the team. Yeah, yesterday. Moving, yeah. No, well, not just yes, not just yesterday. I mean, like the team broke out yesterday. You had Judge with the home run and Duhar, Gary Sanchez, like proving right. me wrong that I shouldn't burn his jersey. Uh, but that was a complete anomaly compared to the rest of the week. Kiyoshi from that awful performance uh, over Fenway and just and just like this recent week long stretch. Tell us who in particular has been struggling because there's there's some pretty shocking names in this bunch. Yeah, well, um, actually, Lean, you might not want to hear parts of this. So, Frazier especially been bad, one six seven average. But weirdly, he has a four point one two on base percentage, but he has a two fifty slugging. So it seems like he's which is a which basically is him in, in a like you said in the vacuum, he's either either walks or strikes out. So he's a he's a three true outcomes guy. He's either going to go yard and it's going to look glorious, and or and otherwise he's going to walk or he's going to strike out. Right. And, so, and he's and he's not hitting enough home runs to justify being a, right. a three true yeah. outcomes over, guy. I'd, I think over the last seven games. I'm sorry. Actually, what I meant to say is over the last seven games, he's hit 0.67. I'm sorry, he's hit one six seven. Uh, 4.12 on base percentage and 250 slugging. That's over the, the last uh, seven games. And he's only had one extra base hit. One. That's disgusting. Right. Labor Torres, excluding last night. Yeah, last night. Uh, last two night for two. And, yeah, and two for two night, with a couple sing- Yeah, a couple RBIs in a single. Yeah. Right. So, and he, so he needed yesterday because before no then, hitting 111. 200 on base percentage, 111 slugging. Yeah, that's appalling. And that's having the worst. Lean, this is where you might want to meet me. Your quote-unquote hubby, Gardner, then the last seven games has been hitless with a 36% strikeout rate. Well, yeah, because I, I, I can't remember who tweeted today, but it was pretty much someone saying they were sick of Brett Gardner stands. Okay, why are we still convincing ourselves that Brett Gardner can still play? I mean, I, I think I think he can still play. I just don't think that like he should be starting for this team. You know a, what I mean? He's a, yeah, he's a good fielder. Yeah, exactly. He's a good fielder. Like, and like, I feel like he he's had some good stretches this season too. Right. You know? like, and yeah. at the same time, he's he's the last, literally the last remaining player from from that from that '09 season. Yeah. So I will admit, there's some nostalgia there. Obviously, for both of us, uh, obviously, me and you, Lean. I'm very uh, great. I'm very grateful for what Brett Gardner has done for this franchise. It's just like I don't, I don't know. I think that you're. I'm very grateful for two seconds ago when you weren't speaking. Wow. Okay. And with that, look, the the bats have been horrible. I just want to point out as well, Kiyoshi, because one thing that's very much that is illustrated with these stats, the Yankees. We're hitting so poorly against the Red Sox across three games. They had three total extra base hits. And to add insult to injury, the bullpen was terrible. We couldn't even count on Garrett Cole to avoid the sweep. Yeah, dude. I think, Josh, this is a good segue. That's, oh God, watching Garrett Cole struggle physically hurts. I am like, um, like, I. I am really worried um, about Garrett Cole. And I think we kind of touched on this during our last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the whole sticky stuff thing. I feel like this is really going to have an impact on Garrett Cole. I, I hate to be a hater. And like, you know, I love him and stuff. He's our ace. But I really do think that sticky stuff had a, a significant impact on his pitching and I'm really, really concerned about him moving forward. He just doesn't, he doesn't look like the same guy at all. And this is just coming at a terrible time because like the rest of the rotation is also really bad. If you look at their recent numbers, everybody is struggling. And even the bullpen, dude, like our important relievers are just always giving up runs. And now, Kiyoshi, Kiyoshi yeah, you uh, you put up, pulled some bullpen numbers in particular. What, what have you got for us? Right. Um, in terms of bullpen, 
let me switch over right first here. first off just want to point out zach britton's hurt again and he's got yeah. yeah that's uh, yeah so that's that's, that's tough actually um i was looking at the bullpen and i feel like except for i'd say two people actually really three people um it's been it's been pretty good i'd say the the biggest one of the biggest problems is brooks Kriske, who in his last four He's appearances so period has had a 13.5 era and Wani peralta who has a 7.94 almost an eight era in june See, with Peralta, he was pitching half decent up until that point, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's on he's on the aisle with a back issue. I'm wondering if that was affecting his his work. I hope right. so. Yeah, like I and like I mentioned, if you look at every if you look at everyone else, they've been solid. Like Wiseguy has been been pretty good. You look at Sessa. You look at Nestor Cortez. Chapman I'm, has been has been not effective as of late. Like, oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's only had. I think. The only one I can really remember offhand is like is one game, and that was the game where he didn't wear the long sleeves and he gave up literally three consecutive hits to 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 lose the game. I, I think Sasa hasn't been that good. So I'm saying, like, if you look at the recent numbers of these guys, like I just pulled up his numbers. He's allowed nine earned runs over his last 18 innings, which isn't like you know the end of the world, but like that's nowhere near as good as he was before. Not to not to mention like Chapman, like they have this. I'm kind of shocked this hasn't been talked about uh, more often this season. He's been dealing with ongoing fingernail issues this season. That's why he's been having those control problems recently. Who are you talking about, Cole? No, Chapman. Chapman. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! Look at Chapman's numbers. Yeah, he's like been up seven earned runs in his fast uh, past five point one innings pitched, yeah. and eight earned runs in his last thirteen and a third innings pitch. How, how many was that, Lean? Okay, uh, seven earned runs. No, 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 no just the uh, the last number. Uh, eight. In how many eight, innings pitched? Eight in his last thirteen and a third. Okay, so that that amounts to doing some quick math. That's a five. That's a five point four nine ERA thanks to the iPhone calculator. It says five point four zero. No, um, that's what MLB.com says. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Are you really going to go up against MLB.com? <laughs> Always. But yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, even that's what's confusing too. And I think Kiyoshi, that's why you were saying like the other like these guys have been good. If you look at their all around numbers, they're doing they like overall have been good. Like Sessa overall on the season, he's been good. Even Letgi's like been decent and like Green and Lucas, stuff. And Lucas Letgi has been shockingly effective. He, I didn't. I didn't yeah, think he was going to last. This one of the team. biggest surprises but like like now like he hasn't been that good lately like these guys are just i don't know look um, look thankfully darren o'day is back finally back from his rotator yeah. cup he hasn't been he hasn't been uh in since uh, late april justin wilson's back and looks like he's finally fully healthy because he had the um the sh- it was either the shoulder or the elbow yeah and then, I, yeah. I don't know how yeah. excited I am about Wilson because, like, I remember when, when the Yankees first signed him, I personally was a fan because he had been so good with the Mets, but he has just been disastrous. Justin Wilson, I think the reason that, he, that he's that he been struggling so much with the Yankees is that he doesn't really have a clear role. He just kind of uses – he's used on an as-needed basis where, like, yeah. any other – and, like, recently in recent years, it'd be like, okay, so like, so-and-so is going to pitch the sixth. This guy's going to go the seventh right. and then Britain in the eighth. Right. All this, all this to say, like it's good to have these guys back, but the team is struggling. We are in fourth place entering tonight's game. The game's actually on at on as we speak right now. Yeah, it's been so bad that Aaron Boone came out on Monday and said our season's on the line. Team lost. Brian Cashman says like if we sink like a stone, we're going to have to sell. And then on top of that, he flat out says like we suck right now. And then he, even better, he says this isn't an Aaron Boone problem. This isn't a coaching problem. That, that's pretty much the most honest Brian Cashman has been in the last couple of years. I mean, like, I mean, organizations are cagey as it is, but. Josh, the, the problem with that, though, is that, like, I, I mean, yeah, I definitely, I don't think I've ever seen Brian Cashman talk like that. Um, and he was just so, like, blatantly honest and saying, like, that the, the Yankees are in a bad place right now. This is as bad as it could be, whatever, whatever. He but even went on that, to say, he also added that Hal Steinbrenner is very frustrated with the team performance. That's the thing, year. though. At the end of the day, 
uh, he is forced to say what he's saying, like, and he understands that the fan base is extremely frustrated. I don't, I don't know if force is the right word, just because. Just of course, because... he is. If he doesn't say something, then that's just going to cause. Oh he no, no, that no, no, he... no, no, no! I, I mean, I don't think he's forced by Hal to say what he does. No, no, that's not. What, yeah, no, no, I wasn't okay. saying that. It's just like okay, he, he's like, okay, without actually doing anything, it's like one of those symbolic things that people do in everyday situations. People are right. frustrated. In this case, the fans are frustrated. So, and the players and the, and the coaches and the executives, everybody's frustrated. No, of course. But like, so I feel obligated to say that, yeah, like, yeah, we suck. But what are you going to do about it? And we know it's at the point. Josh, you I think you wrote an article about this. I, well, I think that for an art. Yeah, I wrote how training for Starling Martin would be a good idea. No, no, no. About um, the fact yeah. that uh, Cashman needs to be fired. Like uh, oh, I, I haven't written that yet. I'm putting it together. Okay. Well, I oh, mean, I think it's oh, at the oh, point oh, where oh, like oh, every everybody is talking about it at this point, the entire fan base, even the media. And like, it's just something that it has to be inevitable at this point, because right. let's be honest, during the season, there is nothing that the Yankees can do to repair this situation in my eyes. I think there are far too many problems. This is not a legitimate starting rotation from top to bottom. Um, and they're just, you don't, you literally do not have an outfield. Aaron Judge is not an outfield. He is a one-man show. And you just have a bunch of pieces that you hope are going to click. There is nothing the Yankees can do during the season to fix the problem. It, that this is has been why, building up for a while. Yes. Like. And I've been saying this. Like, this is, it's so obvious, bro. You, this group of players cannot win. After the season is over, you need to fire Cashman. And obviously everyone else that comes along with Cashman, such as Aaron Boone, and then just fix the major glaring issues that this team has. Here, or, well, hold that, hold, 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 hold. Just, just really quick, or what we can do, and like we've kind of alluded to in some way, shape, or fashion for the last couple of episodes, make some trades. Fake As Domingo Herman just gives up a two over to Phil We know he's out there. We know Swelling Marte's out there. No, but Kyoshi, that's, that's exactly... That's what I'm saying, though. Trades, bro. That's not going to do anything. You can trade for like three players. It's going to fix one glaring hole, and hopefully that can spark something. Maybe get rid of Marcus Timms, because clearly that's the problem. It's not necessarily the pitching. I mean, pitching is part of the problem. But the the relieving is overall good. Starting pitching is, nah, it's it's a fucking roller coaster, especially now. Here's what, here's the biggest thing. I feel like the biggest glaring issue that's been, that's, that's permeated for the longest amount of time has been the hitting. Look at Labor Tories. He looks like a show. I saw I saw a tweet actually that was like it was such a good point. Someone said someone posted the Mets, their um offensive stats when Chili Davis was here at the beginning of the season. And then they posted the offensive stats after he was fired. And there is like no change basically. And they were like, so we should take this into account before we all start coming for Marcus Thames neck. And that's something that I completely agree with. I I, like, I don't think Marcus Thames is a great hitting coach, but I don't think that the Yankees problems are going to be solved if he's fired. Lindsay Adler actually had a great article today that where she actually talked to Marcus Thames extensively about the struggles this season Marcus Tim says that from his perspective, everyone in the lineup is going for that one big hit too much too often. Said it's very much lots of, of mental mistakes. So, so which I said on previous episodes, if a team is making this many mental mistakes, you've got to get a sports psychologist, plain and simple. If everyone, like a team with where everyone's got the yips isn't going to function. But backtracking to, to the coaching and Brian Cashman. All right, so... I'm not saying fire Cashman after this season because first things first, after this year, he has one year left on his contract. I don't see the harm in letting it in at worst, let him finishing it, let him finish it out. Um, But at the same time, we all know this is an organizational failure on Cashman's part. He is the one who puts the roster together. He's the one who thought it was a good idea to give $12 million to Corey Kluber. He says that like, oh, like there's Hoy Park we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, yeah, he's playing well down in Scranton, but there's no place for him on the roster right now. Are you shitting me? How is Rugnet Odor more valuable? Yeah. Like, okay, so he hits a few clutch home runs. I'm not, I'm sorry, just because some guy might hit a clutch home run at some point and is a lefty bat 
that's not a reason to keep him around when he's batting like barely 200. But bro, it's the Yankees. So obviously they're going to keep these kinds of players around because that's the Yankee way. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, I think that could you fire Aaron Boone and his coaching staff at the end of the year? Yeah, you certainly could. I think you're better suited giving Boone maybe a two, three-year contract for the same amount of money. He's not getting a raise, even though he, he had 200 win seasons, he's not getting a raise. And then if you really want to send a message, you got to fire one or more of his coaches. And then, but hold on, let me finish. Meanwhile, going up even higher, if I'm Hal Steinbrenner, next year, I'm telling Brian Cashman, if we don't like get at least the ALCS, you're done. This is your last go. I mean, that's that's my thing, Josh, though, with keeping Cashman around for another year. Like, I get, like, his contract situation, whatever. But we have to be honest here. The Yankee, This Yankees window, it, like, their window is closing. Well, that well that well, that's another thing. How do you, like, the window's closing, but, like, do you, that's the thing. If you hire a GM, you want to make sure you're, that you're hiring a guy who's going to take advantage of that window and then not blow up the team immediately. No, that, but that, that's the thing, though. Like, how Steinbrenner can tell whomever he hires, like, this is the plan that we need to follow. We have some big issues that uh, need that, to be... Lane, that, that's, the, that's the thing. Hal Steinbrenner is such an absentee owner. He wants a GM who's pretty much going to run the team for him and update him accordingly. He's not, He doesn't want to be as hands-on as his father. But, like, he, but he's going to... I'm not saying be hands-on. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying he gives the new GM the plan. It just, just literally just saying that we don't want to blow this up yet we just want you to fill the holes that we have and then the gm just takes the reins and actually spends money and gets good players instead of doing what cashman does spending money but on crap that's why that's why i'm saying it's better it's better to let cashman finish out his contract because because like a new up because right now new gm they're going to want to hire somebody like obviously he's not going to hire theo epstein even though that'd be a great hire, like Theo Epstein, he's yeah, that'd be a he's, dope hire. I think Theo Epstein is gearing up to replace him with Rob Manfred eventually as commissioner. It could be, yeah. Uh, well, be yeah, good. yeah, because he's working for for MLB right now. Uh, mm. But I think that, that that's very good point. Very good point. Yeah, and like I, I don't mean to be monologuing on this, but obviously I've been like I've been thinking no. about this a lot this week. We can Any, tell. Yeah, like. Unless you hire a Theo Epstein, chances are the guys you're going to interview for the GM's job, it's going to be young or up and comers, like guys who are assistants or work in scouting departments, guys who like this is their first GM's job. They're going to want to have more. They're going to want to have cash mobile control. That's just how the game works this year. The guy who runs the front office is the star. So, so that said, better to let Cashman go for another year, finish out his contract. And then worst case scenario, you do hire, you do hire the guy who's going to want that control, but then you add it under the caveat. Um, we need, as lean said, we're not ready to blow it up yet. Uh, so like work, like, can you work with at this roster for, let's say two years? I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, Look, I I just think that the situation right now, I don't have hopes for the Yankees this year. Even if like miraculously they do make the playoffs, I don't think it's going to be a deep run. This is just like a very, this is not a good team. But um, but there's some help down in the farm who we could get. Yeah, uh, there we go. So uh, from the Yankees, uh, Lean, who do you want to see them call up and possibly get some more at-bats? So the more intriguing name, I'm going to leave for you because you want to talk about him. But uh, I think uh, a guy who's been catching my attention lately is Esteban Florial. Uh, I've always been high on him. I understand that he had some like injury problems mm-hmm. and, um, you know, what, like he did go through spurts where he just wasn't playing well. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think that he's been he's been playing pretty well in the minors this season. And I think that it's at the point where the Yankees outfield is in such a crappy place where it couldn't hurt to call him up and give him another shot. Uh, Like it's really, I don't think he would be much worse than Clint Frazier, neither offensively nor defensively. I don't think he'd be much worse than Brett Gardner offensively. Um, And so, I don't know, just for me, this is just something that I think is, uh, might be a decent move. Um, Kiyoshi, do you have numbers for us on him? On L'Oreal. 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 they're not good. They're um, I uh, I was I was digging around, mm-hmm. and I decided to look up. Let's just say 
his number, Florial's numbers, let's just say, let's just, let's just do June. Let's just do the entire month of June, right? Yeah. Right. So what I saw is his average, 231. On-base percentage, better, 348. Slugging, 372. Uh, but his strikeout rate, almost 30% at 29.3. And his BABIP, which would equate to batting average based off of balls in play, 327. But his on, but his OPS is obviously seven twenty, so he's okay. Pop, the pop is there. It's yeah, like, yeah, right. that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like from my, from granted, I've only watched limited tape on Florial, but I see, I look at his swing, and I see a lot of the issues that Didi Gregorius had when he first came to the Yankees, where it's just that's so fair. long. Um, I, if you actually, um, Kiyoshi, you might have noticed this, or you might have been getting to it. I for Floreal, a lot of it is kind of, I think, with me, recency bias, and like just kind of, I'm in panic mode. So I'm, I looked mainly at his recent numbers over his last seven days. He's slashing 348, 483, and 565 with an OPS of over a thousand. Um, he has eight ribbies over that span too. So it's just over the past week, like he's been doing pretty well and he struck out only seven times as well. So you see the strikeouts are down there. Um, the numbers you gave us, yeah, they're, they're not really pretty obviously, but I don't know. I mean, if he maintains his play as of late, maybe he might be worth turning to. And Um, I I totally get what you're saying because his, his average is two. His average kind of bumps up to two fifty on pace yeah. percentage three sixty six, and his slugging percentage gets a slight bump there at four fourteen. Um, and obviously, and his bad bib is a batting average of balls and plays three fifty six. So yes, there is a slight bump up there. So I guess it's like you said, it could be recency bias, um, depending on how you look at it. But um, if you don't mind. I wanted to jump really quick to someone that I think you might enjoy, uh, Josh, which is your boy, Hoy Park. Yep, Hoy Park. I'm so so happy with Hoy Park. So, um, within, again, going within the month of June, the entire Mm -hmm. month of June, up until basically today. These stats are going to be music to my ears, by the way. I'm so excited. All right. Just as long as you keep it in your pants. Um, is I'm not wearing pants. No, I'm wearing pants. I'm sir, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> this sir. is a family show. Sure. Um, his on-base percentage is, five, is a clean 500. Yeah. Slugging 605. His bad bip is 411. And uh, if you take it, if you take his stats within the last, let's just say seven days. So from let's just say last Tuesday to yesterday. He's hidden and he's hitting three, even th- 333 on base percentage 444, slugging 467. Uh, let's see how many. Oh, one home run, four ribbies. Uh, been intentionally walked twice. So, all this to say, Hoy Park is 25 years old. He's across two levels of the Myers this year. He's batting 320. He's got eight home runs, 27 RBIs. Granted, he's not going to get a lot of extra base hits. He's mostly a singles hitter, but lefty bat can play at least two infield positions, can play outfield in emergency. He's like Tyler Wade, but he can actually hit. So how about we get Rudnit Odor off the team? He can We could go send him to, to Jose Bautista's house. They can have a rematch. We'll put it on pay-per-view. Jake and Logan Paul can promote it. Everyone will love it. And... Dude, Kiyoshi, uh, what? Or, Why did I or, say Kiyoshi? Hoy Park is also awesome because he's versatile. Like yeah. he, he can play multiple positions. So like you said, why the hell? He's literally Odor, but versatile and actually good at baseball. What? So, so why not this? Why not just put someone who's as versatile as Hoy Park, put him in the outfield? Because I think that's where. Yeah, exactly. He, well, I mean, no, yeah, the, so it was like, I mean, the, I, I was, this is I the first year he's actually played the outfield. So that's they don't put him in the outfield in the Bronx. Not why, yet. why not? But your problem no. is the outfield, bro. 
That's your issue right but, now. But here's the now thing, the Yankees are healthy. You, you, you like their infield is fine. You, who are you going to take out of the infield and put Hoy Park in for? Labor Torres. <laughs> no, I no mean, shot. Obviously not. Like that's. Shit, that's I, I, Josh, I Josh, I, Josh, I'm serious though. You said don't play him in that outfield. Who, who of Glaber, Geo, DJ, and Luke are you taking out to put Hoy Park in for? I'm, I'm not putting. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, get rid of Odor and let him be like that lefty bat off the bench that spells guys on days they need off. But like, okay, for me, this is very counterintuitive. The only reason I want Hoy Park on the team, obviously, I'd rather him like, you know, be used in Odor's role than Odor himself. But like, I primarily want him on the team so that he can help out in the outfield. Because even like, like for me, I'm sorry, Frazier and Gardner are a really, really big problem in that outfield. And ideally for me, I would like Hoy Park to be given the opportunity to replace one of them. So I I don't want him coming off the bench. Right, and then potentially... Maybe put Andujar back in the back in the infield. No, no, but then no, you, you, no, no. You guys are. That's what I'm saying. You, I'm saying like, why not? Our infield why not, why right not now, bro. Our infield. You, why are you touching the infield? First of all, Andujar is one of the worst fielders in baseball when he plays at third base. And second of all, again, our infield is fine. Other than Glaber, like going through a rough stretch right now, there you don't touch this infield. This is the Yankees' starting and, infield, regardless. And, I, and I'm saying. Why don't I start him in the outfield? The two games in center field that he has played, that Park has played at AAA this year, those are the two games he has played in the outfield as a professional here in the States. I get the outfield is a mess. There's no one in the infield we can move. But if Hoy Park's going to come up to the main roster, he like you could put him in the outfield, but like be prepared. It, it's going to be like Andujar. He's learning the positions. Josh, maybe we can do like, maybe like if they do call him up, I'm not optimistic that they will because Brian Cashman yeah. is just wow. But um, maybe that's you can, a good way of putting it. Just wow. <laughs> you can uh, maybe start by having him in that like Rugnad Odor, Tyler Wade role. And then as he gets more at bats, Mm -hmm. then and like, you know, late inning defensive replacements, then maybe have him have more time. Not just more at bats, just more fielding practices. No, that's also what I said, like more, you know, as when he comes in as a defensive replacement, for example, give him more experience and then just have him be more of a regular outfielder. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel that. All right, well, with that, I think it's time to get on the four, take it down to Grand Central, and then get on the dreaded seven train out to Willits Point. I don't know why we're doing that when we can just take the LIRR and get there faster. Thank you, right? (laughs) All right, let's talk Mets. Let's talk the Mets. The Mets have, once again, it's a miracle they're in as good a position as they are. They're very inconsistent. The last time they had a winning streak was when they won three in a row against the Cubs uh, earlier this month. Since then, they're, they're much of the Yankees. They're playing 500 ball. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Lean, you got to see this game last night. I did not because I was busy doing dad stuff. Uh, what, the Mets won last night. Tell us your thoughts. So I missed uh, the first like chunk of the game. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I intentionally didn't watch the beginning because I thought McGill was going to get lit up. Um, I was shocked when my brother Safe came home and he was like, and I asked him about the game. He was like, yeah, homeboy is pitching like he's dealing out there. At that point, he had allowed zero runs. So we turned it on. He had, I think he ended up allowing like three runs. He had a great, great outing. The bullpen was the best, I think, that it's looked all season. And the offense, they've been really streaky, but they actually were able to score four runs. Second night in a row, they do that actually. Um, for for like the pitching, I think this is because the Mets are like in a really weird situation. The offense has been streaky. The pitching hasn't been phenomenal. I think it's really important that guys like McGill have have outings like he did yesterday. That would be such a relief to everyone, including the bullpen. If you want the bullpen to be as great as it was yesterday, you need to get good outings from these people who come in to start the games. So for me, yesterday was an ideal uh, Mets win. I mean, anytime, anytime that the <clears throat> excuse me, anytime that you beat a division rival is hated as the Braves, just because like that that uh, rivalry from like ninety nine two thousand still stings some Mets fans. For sure, that's good to go. I mean, I'm still gonna roast Miguel just for how he spells his first name. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, 
Ty Lorman. Oh, God, he's from Huntington Beach, California. Oh, God, I hate this guy already. <laughs> I wonder so, if he's friends with Tito Ortiz. Oh, God, oh, I, hope, I hope not for his sake. That's I don't want to be friends with Tito Ortiz. <laughs> I don't think Tito Ortiz wants to be friends with Tito Ortiz. So, I mean, he's, he's been through a, a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, That's, I mean, I don't know even know what else to say other than the fact that he's a UFC legend that Dana White has nothing to do with, but anyway. But point, point being, the Mets offense, it's been very streaky, like we said, and inconsistency is a big reason why. Uh, Kiyoshi, do you have numbers for us on the Mets inconsistencies? So, I do, and especially on a couple guys that have come back from injury. As Glaber Torres gets another RBI single just now. Hey, 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 hey. Yep. Okay, yep. Oh, now, oh, look, we're tied at two. Great. And there's, wow, Shohei Otani is getting lit up. 27. Kiyoshi. 27 Kiyoshi. pitches in the first inning, zero outs. And, and, Kiyoshi, your your Glaber slander, it, it, it's good for him. Please keep talking. Smack. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> the more we talk trash about moments. people on the show, the better they do. Let's keep it's that. It's amazing, bro. The Yankees should pay us for this. Hey, you never know. Me, you and, never know. Me, me saying the New York, the Brooklyn Nets are a poverty franchise, they might actually win a ring next year, and then I'll really hate myself. Mm, thank right. you, Josh. But, but then you just bring it on to yourself, and what you really should be doing is saying, "Hey, I hope the the Knicks." get worse so that they get better but anyway what i really two things i really want to say so about the where we're at we're at we're at the mess oh yeah the, the players yes. the players who came back kiyoshi you were going right. to give yes, them give us other numbers so with conforto yeah. they've they've all been really kind of not that good um yeah. so let's start with conforto right um hitting 158 on base percentage 292 slugging 211 Babbitt was 250, so, you know, he's still kind of going through it. He's only had uh, one extra base hit within the within the last couple of games. So that's Conforto. McNeil, uh, not too much better, hitting 219, 286 on base, 219 slugging. Uh, Babbitt, is, but his Babbitt was 318, and he has no extra base hits. And then Guillaume, um a little bit more of the same to hitting 229, but on base percentage is 383, slugging 250. Uh, another just one extra base hit. So it's it's weird that the that like that we keep mentioning on this podcast that the Mets are failing upward when you have three guys that we would think would be in the heart of the lineup aren't hitting that well between like the three of them i've counted what two extra base hits mm -hmm. but i think it really shows that the mets pitching is is really bailing it the mets pitching is bailing them out and not only with just the grom who throughout this uh this no pun intended sticky situation has still flourished so has stroman so has simon walker to a certain degree the bullpen is, is doing his thing because I feel like they're more well rested because I not, feel like with the, with the starting pitchers that the Mets have, they're able to go longer. With the not, Yankees, not to not to mention starts break five fucking innings and we got to rely on these motherfuckers from like six to nine. So I mean, luckily we have this this suppose well I, I would I'm not gonna say suppose wealth because we do have a lot of good arms. But after a certain point, it's gonna wear down. And real well, well, well the, sorry, go ahead. Real, real just, fast. My last point. Yeah. Getting, getting back to um how um routine up Shohei Otani, I was kind of hoping that this would happen. That with certain players, with especially with a player like Otani, that we we rarely see a guy who can hit as well as he pitches. And I feel like in this New York humid weather, right now. We need he needs that to wear on him. So hopefully, what the Yankees do throughout the course of this game is foul off pitches. Hopefully, um, when he's when he's up at bat, we don't really give him anything to hit. We we shouldn't really give him anything to yeah, hit. Yeah, but yeah, but, but back backtracking to the Mets though. Going inside, don't fuck it. Walk him. I'd rather walk him than give up than give up two more home. All right. Okay. We we gotta shift back to the Mets. We gotta shift back to the Mets. Get back to the Mets. Yes. Sorry, so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Get back to the Mets. They they're failing upwards, but I feel like they're the, the thing that they've 
done really well is have good, strong arms um, in the starting rotation and in their bullpen. Randall. They really do. And it's also important to note that the Mets do have a lot of help coming back on the way. Uh, all coming back early this month, you're going to get J.D. Davis, Jonathan VR, Yoris Familia, Thomas Nito, and Brandon Nimmo. And then later on, Jordan Yamamoto. And I'm doing a big knock on wood because I love him, Carlos Carrasco. Yeah. No, I'm with and, you. There. But, at the, but at the same time, it's an injury bug. Dylan Batances out for the season with shoulder surgery. Yeah, you you and I were uh, just talking about that. That's... Okay, I, I guess, do, I have to, do we have to talk about Batances just for, do we have like a couple minutes to mention this? All right, yeah, so, no, let's, let's do it, yeah. Okay, look, um, I'm gonna try and make this as briefly as possible. I think that when all said and done, unless he has a massive comeback and just does a great job with it, um, I think that uh, when push comes to shove, Dylan Batances is gonna go down as a guy who was a great thrower, not a pitcher. He's got, he's got I, the velocity, never really learned how to pair anything with it. Josh, I, I like, I obviously get where you're coming from, but the, and I, I personally, especially since he's 33 years old, mm-hmm. I think his glory days are behind him. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be even a kind of impactful pitcher ever again, but I don't know. I feel like uh, to a degree, what you're saying is a little harsh because Batances for more than one season was one of the best relievers in baseball. He was a, yes, you're right. No, you're right. He did uh, set some records with, um, excuse me, with, uh, Mm -hmm. I think, I think it was a hundred strikeouts, uh, 100 consecutive strike, uh, 100 consecutive, 100 strikeouts in five consecutive seasons, something mm-hmm. like that. And so, when it comes to that, yeah, he knew how to strike guys out. But what people don't realize that with all the guys that Bel- Del Batanta struck out, he also walked a bunch and gave up lots of home runs with that big of sweeping course. curve. Of course. So like people were saying, oh, like yeah, he's a future closer. No, he's not a future closer because yeah. because like he the Yankees tried to make tried to make him uh, when Chapman got hurt. They put him as the uh, as the ninth inning guy. And but that yeah. was a disaster. Well, yeah, because if you look at his career numbers in the ninth inning, he's got an ERA. I think that's either close to or over four. Yeah. And so he was never meant to be a closer, and so the people kept trying to force him into this high leverage role, and really he was a good middle innings guy. Mm-hmm. But all this to say, the oh sorry, back uh, that was a bit of a. Of a tangent there. Either way, we talked. Kiyoshi's mentioned, as we have on the show several times, the Mets failing upward. Yeah, that's not going to work out so far because who's on a hot streak? Kyle Schwarber and the Washington Nationals. They're three games back. They have a tough schedule coming up. The Mets don't. Kiyoshi, please give us the upcoming schedules for the Mets and the Nationals. Okay, so start start with the Mets. So obviously. Um, do we want to give a spoiler alert for the Mets game right now? Uh, what, what are the Mets doing right now? I actually haven't looked. So they're actually tied up the two in the bottom of the first. Okay. Cool. So, as now, like I said, as we're recording this on June 30th. Yep. They're tied. Now, moving into next month, which is literally like 48, which is like less than 40, less than 24 hours away. Yeah. Um, they actually have a three-game. Uh, three game series against the Yankees, which I'm, <laughs> very, I'm very much looking forward to. Oh, and we will definitely cover in depth. And I think it's so like it makes so much sense that this three game series culminates on July 4th. I yeah. think that's like lit. So we got that. Oh, and they also have, um, sorry, one game, I think a makeup game on the first against the Braves. Then we got that three game. Got three game sets against the Yankees. Then Brewers come into town for another three game set. Then the Pirates come into town. So whoever made the schedule for the Mets clearly had a lot of compassion for them. Because, well, except for the Brewers, who I mean, fit. They could, they could, they could still like maybe one or two from the Brewers from the Pirates, they can go off. Then if you go a little deeper, they actually, then they go to the, to Pittsburgh for another three game set. Then they go to the Reds. I, sorry, so, to, sorry to interrupt. I just want to, yeah. I just want to point out Shohei Otani did not get out of the first inning against the Yankees. He just walked in Brett Gardner. The Yankees batted around in the first inning. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Yes. S- stick to, stick to hitting big guy. Pitching. Right. In the- 
But see, and see, this is this is exactly what I hoped would happen: is that we wear him down. His final, his final line, Kiyoshi: two thirds of an inning, four earned runs, two hits, one strikeout, four walks, forty-one pitches, twenty strikes. Bro, bro, P- pitching in the Bronx isn't for everyone, baby. It's not well. Well, and it's also like a, it's also a soup out there today. And yeah, I love it's that. nasty. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm, and I'm not, and I'm sure Shohei Otani is not used to the New York humidity. It might be. You know, it might be just as hot in LA, but I'm not sure if they're gonna. Well, they might have the same humidity, but I feel like no, no, it's not. I don't think that it humidity, is. Yeah. That humidity is different. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it, it's it's also it's also a drier heat because Orange County's in the middle of the desert. Okay, let's get back to the mats. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. Sorry. See, people you guys are gonna, gonna unsubscribe. Totally your <laughs> so we also talked about the Nationals, right? Yes. So the Nationals, what they have coming up. Yeah. They're currently absolutely watching the uh, bum-ass Rays. Rays, 15 to 6. Jeez, yeah. So what they have coming up is, once I can finally fucking find it, there we go. Ooh, it's not good. So they have yeah. a three-game set against the Dodgers. No, sorry, four-game set against the Dodgers. A, another four-game set at the, at the Padres. Then... Another oh, three no. games set against the Giants. So West, they got to do a West Coast road trip before the All Star break. The the Giants, oh, and then they host God. the Padres right after that. This yeah. is like, yeah, so, this is no, yeah, but, so, but like, but between like facing the Dodgers and then having to go on the road to California to play the Padres and the Giants, All Star break. Then they got to do the Padres at home. This team's going to be yeah. exhausted. Yeah, if they if they do well, in my opinion, because right now I think it's a bit of a fluke team. I'm not taking them very seriously. If after this stretch they still look like in really good shape, then I think like we all should be worried about the Nationals because then I think at that point they're legit. No, I don't. But see, that's that's a gauntlet to to face to face the Dodgers at home. Then go to San Diego, then go to San Francisco, then have to come, then have to come back and face the Padres again. Like, nah, they, yeah, no, completely, yeah. Like, yeah. and I could definitely see, like, obviously, as we all know, the, the Nationals can hit. Schwarber's on a tear. Soto, I, I'm not sure how Soto's doing, but, you know, Soto can, like, that team can hit. It's the fact that can they hit well enough? Can they hit well is, enough? Is this sustainable? To, is the question right? Yeah. I mean, Kyle Schwarber's having a hot streak for the ages. Right. I mean, I now, mean, like, I only, mean, someone take him off rookie mode. I swear. Now, the only thing that kind of helps the Nationals is what I recently found out is that Schwarber isn't going to hit in the home run derby, and as a lot of people know, once guys go into the home run derby. They and they have to kind of fix their swing for the derby. They usually their their uh, home run numbers like plummet because they have to they have to literally adjust their swing for one day and then have to readjust it for the entire season. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point that you bring up, Kiyoshi, because um, I think. Uh, we were definitely going to talk about this the next episode in greater detail because Pete Alonso is going to the home run derby and we saw how badly his swing was affected when he participated and won it his rookie season. So that's, uh, that's definitely something we'll get to. Yeah. Um, So uh, so let's, sorry, let's uh, Josh, you want to finish things up with Mets call-ups now? Uh, Yeah. And last Yankees interjection. (laughs) Angels bringing a guy from the bullpen. DJ LeMay clears the bases with a double. It's seven to two in the first inning, and we're this still is, up. Love to see. Slight work. Love to slight see. work. Slight yeah. Work. All right. Okay. Anyway, this is so what that, we need. This is this what is, we need. Hopefully, this is like the the other spark that we need, and maybe this is like. And I'm, I obviously I said this, you know, after the the first uh, Red Sox series we had, and then you know we and then we, swept we beat up on we beat up on the on the. Twins and I think it was the White Sox, respectively. Yeah, but I guess they call me the eternal optimist. But you know, anyway, we're yeah, yeah. Let's keep that optimism. Anyway, uh, let's wrap this up with what we did on the Yankee side. We're going to do with the Mets now. Players we want to see called up to the team. Lean. Who do you want to see the Mets call up? 
All right. This is uh, kind of out there and I might be a little crazy for saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I say it is because the Mets, I think, could use like some extra arms in the pen. And because um, the Mets farm system is pretty bad, I'm going to go with Marcel Renteria. Um, I thought about him. Renteria is weird. He's not one of the better prospects that the um, that the Mets have. But um, he lately he's been doing pretty well. He started off the season in Syracuse where he was pretty abysmal. He had like an almost like an 8-4 ERA. But in his last three games with Binghamton, he has not allowed an earned run. So, um, oh, wait, did I flip that? Uh, hold on. He's a oh, yeah, he went, yeah, he won Binghamton and then Syracuse. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Well, maybe never mind then, because he is an 8-4 ERA in his last nine games. Yeah, no, Lean, you know what? I am going to support this because my guy who I picked to go to the Mets isn't doing much better in the minors. Thomas, or was doing, wasn't doing much better in the minors. The Mets actually did call my guy up. They called up my man Shapuki. Yeah. You I know, actually, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's pronounced Sapaki. I was listening to the Mets pro, uh, broadcast and Gary Cohen called him Sapaki. So Sapaki, thank God. All right. Yeah. Thomas Sapaki, 25 year old Wunderkin from Tom's River, New Jersey, and went to, went to high school in Florida, that poor man. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so he's 25, and if these numbers that um, I'm sorry, Kiyoshi, you have you have the numbers for uh, Sapaki in the minors. What what do you got for us? Yeah, so I'm actually trying to pull those up right now. But really quick, getting back to Renteria, it's not good. I looked up his last what about 10 starts. He's two and zero with a with a seven point ERA. Uh, 11 walks, 24 strikeouts. It's like not the not the best, clearly. Yeah. Um, but getting back to our boy Sapucky, he for this yeah for this season so far he's 0 and 3 with 4.41, 38 strikeouts to 22 walks. So maybe he needs to stay there, but that's since. That's since May, but I think if we dig a little deeper, and let's just say, let's just say the end of May to the be to right around now. Homeboy, oh, he's 0-2 with a 5.40 ERA, 23 strikeouts to 17 walks, not much better. So maybe he needs to stay there, get some more seasoning for a call-up because I mean. Could you bring him up and just add him as just another arm in the bullpen? Maybe, but who would that really be? For me, like the Sapucky's a weird one because also I'm speaking as someone who's honestly pretty high on him. I've always been a fan and that's mainly because he's done so well, like on his road to the majors. Has Um, he? Yeah, look at his career numbers. Okay. Yeah, including this season, he has a two eight one ERA. Yeah, but the, th- I, but the thing in about- his last what in, in his last what his last five, he has a five point four zero. What? No, no, Kiyoshi, Kiyoshi. I'm I'm saying like his entire minor league career, he's been uh, really good. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's what I'm saying. His road to the majors. That's why I'm so high on him ever since like what 2016. This guy has been really good. He's been one. And there's a reason he's one of their best prospects. You know what I'm saying? Not not to, not to mention, sorry to interrupt, not to mention, not to mention how the worst kept secret in baseball right now is that triple a has like super juiced balls. So like his numbers. Yeah. That is so true. And, yeah. not just, not, and not just that, looking at his numbers right now and with the state of the Mets, it's kind of like with the Yankees, what they did with Clark Schmidt last year. Are they rushing him? Yeah, probably, but they kind of don't have a choice with all the injuries to the staff. Yeah, also so Sapucky, like he, yeah. he, he had some injuries and they wanted him to be here. Like he's, how old is he? He's 25. 25. He was supposed to be here like, 
you know, like almost two years ago, it's just injuries derailed him. So that's why we are where we are now. So the Mets, like they're going to rush him because they've, they're so impatient to get him. They've been waiting for him. And now it's just like, whatever, you know, but Josh, I definitely agree with you. I think the juiced ball is a huge reason why he's struggling. Now, and the fact that he those, hasn't pitched in two now, years. Now, hold on. For those laymen, when you say a juiced ball, does that mean it flies out faster? You mean, you mean it's more denser? What, what does that mean? It flies. So the way a juice ball works, uh, the, the way I've heard, at least how Lindsay Adler explained it to me, uh, when she tweeted me back, and it was very nice to do that a couple of years ago. Uh, pretty much when a ball's juiced, the um, the core of the ball, it's a little, I guess, I guess it's looser, so it's more aerodynamic, but also the seams that kind of like hold the center in place are tightened so that the pitchers can't really get as, can't really use them to manipulate spin. And that's why you saw in the London series, the ball was flying out all over the place because this it was super humid in there. Plus the seams were so low that they couldn't really figure out how to throw anything except warm up lobs in there. So you really couldn't, so the seams weren't necessarily quote unquote grippable. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like the best way. I'll, I'll have to go back and dig up the tweet. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much the gist of it. I see. I see. Not to not to mention Pete Alonso said uh, MLB manipulates the ball nonstop. I see. Okay. But um, I think when it comes back to your boy Sapucky Lean, like he's this is not his year. I'm looking at his yeah yeah his, his year is stats to this point for this entire year. Like I said, own three four point four one. Like I mean, it's not it's not the best. Like I said, if you if like in an emergency, could you bring him up? Because I've because you can clearly see flashes of, of brilliance where he I think his his most his most strikeouts were seven, but in that game he only pitched five innings. He's, he's I don't think he's ever pitched more than five and a third. No, but but that's the thing oh. though. If uh, the the Mets, like as we mentioned, they've they called him up already. Um, if they use him, he's definitely not going to be used as a starter. So they don't even have to worry about him getting worse over like a long start because he'll just come in as a re- out of the bullpen, you know, as right. a reliever. So right. that's another reason why, even though he's having a bad year, I am not like entirely opposed to him being called up. So, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think. Yeah, I think it was a good move that the Mets called him up, Josh. I think you're inclined to agree. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how long it lasts. He could be, he could be up for a week. He could be up for a day. Either way, it's just yeah. The why the hell not? Yeah. Just if like you're you can't fail upward in the division all year. Exactly. Right? So. Yeah. Sure. All right. Anyway, uh, so that's all for Yankees Mets Express this week. Uh, this is our episode. Oh, yeah, it's Fourth of July weekend. You guys got big plans for the fourth? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, to some degree. One of my so one of my friends, his birthday was actually yesterday. By the way, happy birthday, Rico. I'm not sure if you even listened to this podcast, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so we're probably going to hang out for his birthday, and then hanging out with my girl with some of her friends. But mainly, honestly, just chilling, watching baseball. It's it's getting hot out there, so supposed to cool down this weekend. Stay cool, um, you know. Uh, now this this weekend, it's going to be a lot cooler. I will say the one Thank thing God, I'm probably yeah. going to miss now that I live now that I'm not in New Yorker anymore, and now that I live in Stanford, is all the random ass fireworks that are going to be going off in the hood, probably around where you are, Josh. Maybe yeah. where you are, Lean. No, not but, here. Yeah, <laughs> just but New York you know City. that. It, it is one thing I, I low-key missed. It's just seeing, it's just on a random Tuesday, just even though today's Wednesday, just on a random day, just like seeing fireworks. And, and Lane, just, you're just going to hang out? I have no plans whatsoever. I mean, it's oh, yeah. Random. Almost forgot. Lane, your your birthday was last yeah. week. Yeah, last week. Last Saturday? Uh, uh, last Thursday, I think. Yeah, yeah, last Thursday. It was the 24th. Yeah, that was a week that was a week ago tomorrow. So, happy belated, obviously. Did Thank you have you fun? Boss. Yes, I had a lot of fun. How was the how was the hookah? Yes. You no, know, it, it was awesome. It was it was a great time with great company. Hookah was absolutely amazing. Oh, I was nice. absolutely chiefing. So, yeah, good stuff. You want to throw out a shameless plug? What? Wait, 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 you were, wait, absolutely cheaping? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't I wasn't realized cheaping was a word. Yes, it, yes, it is. It's, You're, uh, you know, every anyone under the age of like ninety five is familiar with it. So, 
yeah. Whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, you, Josh, you yeah. walked literally right into that. Yeah. Well, you know what? My neighborhood's got a public pool. It's awesome. We went there for a few minutes today with the baby, and yeah, I'll probably jump in that over the weekend. I have a pool too. Nice, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, pool, pool fighting, great. All right, folks. Well, yeah. thanks as let, always let, for let me set up. Thanks as always, thanks as always, folks, for listening. We'll be back next week. You can find me on Twitter at Josh B E S N Y. Oh, it's my turn. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> stop, stop birthday dreaming. At lean underscore Amin. And last but not least, it's your boy Yosh. Yosh, um, Yosh. You can find me on Twitter at It's Yosh. You can find me on Instagram as well at It's Yosh. Let me know what's up. All right. And you could uh, find us on Spotify, Apple. Thanks for listening. The Brooklyn or wherever Nets. you get your podcast. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets are NBA gentrification. Nets fans all just lost the game. And as always, stay clear of the closing doors. Be safe, y'all.